Hi, I'm Coach Corey Wayne, and this is my video coaching newsletter. And the topic of today's newsletter is going to be the right life priorities. Well, I've got two good emails that I'm going to go through with you. The first one is from a guy who is a teacher, and he's been following my work for a short period of time. And he has some questions on integrating the things that he really wants to do in his life, and obviously continuing to work and pay the bills. We need some help with figuring out his purpose and how he can go about building something that he really wants to do so he eventually can get out of what he does full time. And the second one is a great success story from a doctor. He says he's been following me for a few years and guess what? He's read the book over 20 times. He's completely changed his life. He said up until the time he found my work, he'd been working his ass off. Literally all he did was work and make money and he didn't do a lot of enjoyment of his life and one of the things he said his interactions with women were unless it was just strictly about indoor olympics and hanging out having fun and hooking up he just didn't get involved with women dating because quite frankly he thought they were all psycho and he's been in a relationship with a really great girl who's easy going easy to get get along with for basically the past year so i got two great emails to go through with you and I got to, first before I get into the first email, I got a quote obviously that I wrote on this topic that I'm going to share with you. And the quote says, The purpose of your life is to enjoy it, to make your life an act of love and passion in every area that is important to you, to love your life's work so much that you can't imagine doing anything else because it's so fulfilling and fun, to love your friends, family, and lovers so much that you feel like you are lacking nothing and already have the best. When you have high standards for every area of your life, you won't settle for less than what you deserve and find yourself asking what if questions. Having high standards leads to peace and contentment with your choices. And when we get to the second email, you're going to see the guy has really done a great job of setting up his life the way he wants it. So let's go through the first guy's email. He says, hi, Corey, the magic that happens when you shift your attitude is phenomenal. One of my favorite Wayne Dyer quotes he used to say is, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And when you think about the phrasing of that, the things you literally look at change. In other words, your brain focuses on things that once before it never considered or maybe didn't consider very much. He says, since getting dumped one month ago, I studied your material and my attitude shift, which kicked in three weeks after getting dumped, seemed to bring the women out of the woodwork. I met a gorgeous German girl on a mountain here in Quito and hooked up for two days. I did the, hey, this conversation looks like it will take some time. Let's meet up for some coffee tomorrow. It's just going about your daily life and living it and enjoying it with your friends your family not making women a something that you're trying to accomplish or achieve or conquer it's just something at it's a side effect or a side benefit to being really happy and really enjoying your life because when you're happy you're content your life is full of friends and family women can sense that they can pick up on that vibe because think about it, people who are happy, who are kicking ass in life, they tend to take better care of themselves, they tend to get more sleep, they tend to look better, they tend to feel better, they tend to have a positive, optimistic outlook on life, and things just seem to kind of fall into place because they're taking action and they're doing the little things. And women can pick up on that. Guys that are struggling, they're not happy in their careers, they're not happy in their lives, including their personal lives, it's written all over your face. It's in your vibe. It's in your conversations. And when you converse with them, if you're not very happy with yourself or your life, they're going to pick up on it. And they're not going to feel attracted, even though maybe initially they may have, may have thought you were cute and handsome enough to where, eh, it's kind of cute. I'd go out with them. But it's all about the vibe. When you're happy and you're successful and you feel good, Everybody notices that. That's why we all love to be around people who are happy, people that make us laugh, people that make us feel good, people that look us in the eye and actually take an authentic interest 
When you think about it, when was the last time you personally met a random stranger and they really took a sincere interest in you versus just having that bullshit kind of talk that we have when you're in the grocery store checkout line. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. Great. Great. Nobody really means any of that shit. It's like we all say the same things when we get into those conversations. But when typically a lot of times when somebody says, how are you? I go, I'm fucking awesome. I'm having a great day. I'll say things like that. And I usually chuckle and they laugh because 99.99% of the people are just like, how are you? And they go, oh, good. Uh, mm. They don't really have much to say because there's not much going on that they're excited and thrilled about. That's why it's so important and beneficial to have a goal, to have a purpose, to have something that you're trying to create in your life that makes you happy, that makes you proud. So this, back to this girl, she says, I'm flying out tomorrow, but I will change the flight, she said. And he says to himself, score. I mean, think about that. She's fly if she didn't like the guy, she was, oh, sorry, I'm flying out tomorrow. Maybe next time. But instead, she's like, you know what? I'll change the flight. She felt a connection. I invited a local girl I was dating over for dinner, and yes, she said, but you have to cook. No equals we equals nosotros, because he's talking a little Spanish. She kept pushing, but I didn't budge. She's on chopping vegetable duty, which she's agreed to. All kinds of other girls I know on Facebook started coming out of the woodwork too. And for those of you that have read my book, and for those of you that haven't, go to Amazon right now. You can download the audiobook for free with a free trial. But it's not all about focusing on what you do or interact with women. It's really about you. It's about putting yourself into a mindset, into a vibration where you're focused on creating a great life for yourself that pleases you, that makes you happy. And when you have a life that's pleasing and appealing to you, obviously women are going to notice that. They can pick up on that. They want to join your fun bus, if you will. He says, I think your work is fabulous, and I think you could do some excellent stuff with career help for people. Well, I'd say about half of my clients, I'm usually either doing some kind of business coaching or career coaching or time management, and the other 50% are all people that are in various stages of either trying to get a wife back, trying to get a girlfriend back, or they're just wanting to improve their skills and interactions with women in general. So he's, so he's got a list of a couple questions here. He says, number one, how do I get that magic shift in attitude regarding work? I've long been an EFL teacher, and while I can travel the world, I want to do something I really love and make money at it. Well, I've done several videos on how to discover your purpose over the years. And I mean, literally, if you Google, you can Google Corey Wayne or put in understandingrelationships.com, how to discover your purpose and find all those different articles that I've written on it. But it's really, you know, I was talking with a, a good buddy of mine today about that. It's like your purpose tends to evolve over life. Cause it's like when we're young, we have all these ideas about things that we want to do or things that we want to experience. And then when we become old enough and we finish school, we go out into the real world and we start to find out what things are really like. Now for me personally, it was a journey. You know, I originally started out in the construction industry, went to school for construction management, and I wanted to learn to build. But what was great about that degree is that it helped me really become good at critical thinking and taking things apart and putting them back together, which is interesting because when I was a little kid, I used to do that with everything. I used to take apart radios, electronics, toys that I had. You know, and a lot of times when I tried to put the shit, I would break the shit when I took it apart. I couldn't put it back together, but it was cool because I could see what was inside and just that kind of curiosity that innate curiosity was always there is what led me to eventually getting into the construction industry and you know now the fact that I'm a life coach and an author the fact that I'm able to build buildings and understand complicated mechanical things was really a gift that I helped develop in college and in the construction industry because it's it's really how 
I looked at things, I took things apart in a way, it's like, okay, well, what's step one? What's step two? What's step three? What's step four? Because when you're building something, a building, for example, you start out with the dirt, you start out with a foundation and building your foundation, driving your pilings and putting your pile caps in or having spread footings if it's not something that's a large building that requires pilings. And then you build your your slab, your floor, and then on, then you start building your block or your concrete walls and then you just or your steel. And then you just go up from there and once your structure's done, then you start filling it out with framing and electrical and mechanical and all these different things. And I didn't understand it then. It's like what Steve Jobs talked about, where you, you can't connect the dots going forward. You really can't see how important things you may be going through or experiencing right now are gonna be important in the future. Just like in your case, you're a teacher. Well, what is coaching? As the great Vince Lombardi once said, coaching is teaching. And what I do as a coach is just teach life fundamentals that I've learned in business and life, people skills, to help you negotiate to get the things that you want in life. And so obviously the fact that you have, you like to learn knowledge and you like to apply things and you become good at it and then you go out and teach it is something that obviously is innate to you and it's a good gift to have in anything that you want to do in the future. And probably we won't really see how it connects until maybe 20 or 30 years from now when you're kind of looking back on your life. Like when I look back on my life now to everything I started when I was 18, 19, 20 years old, it's like everything makes total sense. I mean, I was preparing to be a coach when I was a teenager just because I was really interested in self-help and different spiritual traditions, trying to understand the world and figure out what my place was in it and how to get from where I was to where I wanted to be. So back to his, so he says in order of the things that he wants to do, he says number one is drawing. And he sent some of his drawings in his email. And dude, your drawing is really fucking good. And you definitely have a talent there. So I mean, if you look at anything in life, one, one thing I, I do with a lot of people, and eventually in the next few years, I'm gonna write a book on marketing and business. Because all of us are in business of marketing ourselves, whether we want to admit it or not. We're all in business to market our gifts, our skills, and our talents to other people, whether in our personal lives or people that we want to be friends with or potential clients. It's just, you know, I put, my assistant posted a, a quote from Einstein recently. It said, focus on becoming Instead of focusing on becoming a successful person, focus instead on becoming a person of value. And when you love something and you have a passion for it, obviously you've done a lot of drawing and therefore when you practice anything in life, you can't help but become better at it. And when your work becomes good enough where people can see it and appreciate it, they'll buy it. And so obviously in your case, you're able to do good quality works, whether it's paintings or drawings, that people go, wow, that'd look really nice on my office wall. I'd really like to have that. So the key, because there's lots of people out there in the world that are great at drawing. I mean, you look at somebody like Stan Lee, who is the, the big reason behind all the great Marvel comics and superheroes that are out there. The guy loved drawing as a kid. And he just did it relentlessly because it came naturally to him. It was something that he was just naturally drawn to. And the more he did it, the better he got at it. And eventually, that led him into a lifelong career. And now all of us get to enjoy those characters in the movies that he's created over the last 50 plus years that he's been doing that. He became really great at marketing his talents. And what the way he did it was he obviously went to work for Marvel and make those kinds. In other words, he got paid for doing something that he loved. Now, one of the things he says now, looking back, is, you know what, I wish I would have been done a better job of being able to get a piece of it. Because for the most part, he was an employee and he designed all these great things for this company, but he gets cameos and I don't know how much he makes, but 
the lesson to learn from that is if he would have been able to get ownership or maybe would have been a better negotiator, he would probably tell you this, if he'd have been a better negotiator and been a better business person early on in life, he wouldn't have been just an employee. He would have got a cut of the action. And one of my friends that I met with today, he made several tens of millions of dollars when he was young working for somebody else because he was smart enough going in the door to negotiate to get ownership. He wasn't so much concerned about his salary as he was getting stock options. And when he left the company after five years, he was a multi-multi-millionaire and he's set for life now. And he just does things that he loved. A lot of the people that he worked with didn't get those kinds of deals. He was the very last one that got that kind of deal and all the people that came after him didn't. And they were all basically salaried people. Doesn't mean that he were, there were lots of people there that were way smarter than him, that had more experience and more talent and even got paid more money. But he was the one that negotiated to get the stock options because if they weren't gonna give him the stock options, he wasn't gonna go work for them. He would have gone and worked for some other company. It's all about how you negotiate for yourself. So he was able to set himself up in his, you know, by mid-30s, I mean, he's set for life. I mean, that's, that's a fucking huge, huge victory. But it's, it's like that little difference, that little knowledge that he gained from meeting with a guy who was older and experienced and sat down and gave him that form. I talked about it in a video I did several years ago. It was from zero to 40 million in under five years. If you're curious about it, you can Google that. Just put in understandrelationships.com, how to go from zero to 40 million in under five years. If you're interested, maybe you're in the technology sector or maybe you wanna go work for somebody. It's a very simple plan, but it's really how you set yourself up in the beginning and how you negotiate on your behalf. And in your case, obviously you want to draw, you have the skills because you've been developing. And now what you really need to do is a website to showcase your work and think about what are you going to sell? Are you going to draw the things that you like and then frame those and sell them? Are you going to do prints of those? And you got to figure those kinds of things out. And so what I would do is I would look at what other successful artists are doing people that paint, people that draw, people that make sculptures, because it's all about putting things out there that you like and marketing it. Maybe you're doing, you do YouTube videos with it. You know, like in my case, what I do in social media is I put my videos out there, my articles, quotes that I write, self-help quotes, all things related to my business and build an audience. Maybe a Facebook advertising campaign would be great to advertise or grow your fan base, maybe your Facebook fan page. But at the end of the day, if you've got great art, I mean, when you think about the Maya Angelou quote that I've shared many times, where she said, don't focus on making money. Instead, focus on doing something you love and become so good at it that people can't take their eyes off of you. And something like art, like I said, he sent me what he's done or some of the things he's done, and it's really fucking good. That's the kind of thing where people look at it. It's like, wow. I mean, we all can recognize, like we see a really nice new car, the new model that's just come out. You're like, wow, that's really cool what they did with it. That's a result of thousands of hours of people working to create something that they're all proud of, that we, in essence, can't take our eyes off of it. So you've got to come up with a way to market yourself and the internet, especially like a Facebook advertising campaign is one of the best ways that you can sell something like that, or at least build a little bit of your audience, get an email subscriber list going, and whenever you create something new, put it out there. And you can also, I would suggest, you probably want to get people to commission you to do certain projects, whether it's a painting or a drawing. You know, maybe people really like your artwork, but they like the fact that you're a talented artist, and maybe they have something in mind for a specific wall or an office that they would like you to do, or maybe a mural in their house or something like that. Those are things that, you know, I'll do a free consultation with you or something along those lines. I would definitely start marketing, because if I look at what you sent me, you sent me art, so obviously that's your number one thing. 
And when I talk with people when I'm helping them figure out their purpose, a lot of times they'll say, well, I like doing this, I like doing that. And one of the first things I say to them is, I don't want to hear about what you like. I only want to hear about things you absolutely love. And that means things that on a scale of 1 to 10, they're a 10. Being 10, you absolutely love it. 1 being you can't stand it. You just should not waste your time developing things that you're not that excited about because bottom line is you're not going to put in the time that's necessary to become really good at it. And obviously with art, it's just really at this point been a hobby. And so like I said, I would look around and see what other successful artists have done to market themselves that are similar. Maybe they do paintings, maybe they do watercolors, maybe they do freehand, maybe they do pencil drawings, or maybe they do chalk, or just there's all kinds of different ways, sculptors. Find the most successful ones out there and see what they're doing and how they're marketing themselves. Because that's, you got the art down. It was just like me when I created my book. It's like, how do I communicate to the world what my value proposition is for my book in a way that people can go, well, you know what, this is really valuable. This really does work. And what worked for me was giving it away, was doing YouTube videos. And instead of trying to guess what people really needed help with, I had an idea, obviously, because I had helped myself but I started answering the questions that they were sending in over the years and giving it away to where people, you know, I mean, because there's people that make a dollar a day. I mean, they make 30 bucks a month. They're not going to be able to afford a $10 ebook. I'd rather them get the help now, become successful, maybe 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now, they come back and give a donation. Or when, they can, when it's easy to afford, they buy a copy of my book, or at the very least, they just tell friends or family that they think may need the help that my book can offer them. So he says, number two, museums. I'm currently teaching online and living in Latin America. I'm studying web development, which is useful and can play, pay well, but I don't jive with it. Well, I know a lot about web development and WordPress and things of that nature so I can direct my people that work for me and make sure they're doing things right and it's, my website works the way it's supposed to. But you know, I don't want to design my website day in and day out. When I first started, I was doing that. But you know, as I became more successful, I started hiring people that that was their core competency. The, you know, the guys that work for me now, they fucking love web design. They love JavaScript. They love... Amazon's cloud servers. I mean, they're really passionate about it and that's all they do. And those are the kind of people that you want to hire to work for you or to design your website who really love it and can make it functional to showcase your work and what your value proposition is to people. And once you get your website up and running, you, you know, just for a couple hundred dollars a month, whatever extra money you have, start the campaign and just let it run. And each time you create something new, Maybe you draw a, a thing a day, a, a picture a day, or a painting a day, whatever it is, post it to all your social media and send it to everybody. Take some nice color photos, use a good email service like MailChimp, which I use, where you can send really good looking, e professional looking emails to people and market yourself that way. But understanding web design and understanding how the internet works, especially anybody that's in business or career, that's really an essential basic skill that you're going to need, especially if you're going to hire people or you're going to be in business or at the very least marketing yourself and your brand. Maybe someday, you work, right now you're working for somebody else, but maybe someday you'd like to work as a consultant. Well, if you're gonna work as a consultant someday, you've gotta be able to market yourself successfully. So you definitely want to do this on the side while you keep working and teaching, which pays the bills. I mean, you're already working online remotely, which is great. So you have a lot of things that you've kind of naturally gravitated towards and been doing, and it's just kind of putting all that stuff together in the right kind of package to offer it to the world in a way where they can go, wow, that's really fucking good. Because quite frankly, when I saw your email, I was like, man, those are really good drawings. Like, you know, you've definitely got talent. It's a talent you developed because you practice it. And up until this point, you haven't really done anything to get compensated for it. But you should. You definitely have work that's good enough to sell to people. And you also are talented enough as an artist to where people could say, you know, here's this picture of my wife and I. I'd really like a watercoloring of it or a drawing of it or a pencil drawing or whatever it happens to be. 
So he says, I'm supposing you will say, keep doing my day job and build up my art career on the side. Absolutely. You need to get a website, dude. That's got, first and foremost, your website is like your home base. Because at the end of the day, it's like my website is my home base and my email list. I personally have that list. And if you look at YouTube or Facebook or any of the other social media, I look at them really as just like an email list. Because you never know. Facebook might go out of business someday or YouTube or Technology changes so fast, you never know. Or maybe it might get pissed off at you and say, you know what, we don't like what you do or what you say, and therefore we're banning you from our platform. And if your whole business is based off that, and we saw that if, you know, in the last five, six years, you look at companies, I think like Zyna, Zyna, or the one that used, that did a lot of the successful gaming on Facebook, when Facebook decided to make some changes, I had a devastating impact on their business because their whole business was based upon them getting traffic and clients from Facebook. When Facebook decided to change things or Google decided to change their search algorithm, you have people who literally went out of business because of it or they had to reduce their business and lay off staff and downside. You know, that's part of always know your downside. It's like when you build a business, you wanna build something that has multiple foundations, multiple peers, that way, if you look at all the different social media between Snapchat and YouTube and Google and Facebook, I mean, does anybody remember MySpace? I mean, at one time, MySpace was bigger than Facebook was. And now people are like, is that still around? So when you have multiple places where you have your content, if one of them goes down or changes their terms of service and they say, hey, you know what? Your content's no longer appropriate for what we have. If you still got your content or it's on multiple platforms, obviously it'll affect your business, but it won't completely destroy it. So those are things you want to think ahead of. He says, this shift in mindset is needed and any help is appreciated. Sometimes your thoughts and direction in the videos make a big difference, so another video would be great. This is the core driver in my life and the relationships will follow. Many thanks and I'll be donating and I tell all my friends about your work. Even better, girlfriends come up to me with their problems now, telling me that guys are going out with want a relationship after three dates, and I laugh. And they all say, your work is spot on. That's one of the beauties of what I teach, because I mean, there's lots of people out there selling books, self-help books, but at the end of the day, how many of them actually let you read all their best stuff for free without having to go through expense, go to expensive seminars or do expensive online trainings, or buying really expensive products and you get it and you pay. I mean, I've had times where I've spent thousands of dollars for sets of DVDs and I got a lot of great information out of it. I was like, you spend thousands of dollars for this stuff and it's like, but the way I look at it, if you get at least one good idea, you're smarter and you're a little bit better than you were before. But that's what I would do for you. Your first priority should start building a website where you can actually showcase your work and do it in a blog format and put it on there and write a couple paragraphs, two or three paragraphs, so Google can understand what the hell your picture is about, which describes what's the inspiration behind your art. What is it representing? What, was, what were you thinking? What were you feeling? What was, what, again, what was the creative impulse, if you will, that caused you to draw or to paint or create that piece of art in the first place? And then once you've got that up and running, make sure you've got an email subscribe list. Hey, each time I publish a new piece of art, I'll send you a weekly newsletter and it has all the new art. If you're interested in purchasing, it's X amount of dollars. Again, as far as pricing, where are you gonna ship it to? Who's your ideal demographic? Like me personally, half my clients are US based and the rest are based all over the world. It's just, it will depend. And you won't really know until you start start putting it out there and let people see it and share it. But a Facebook campaign can really help you kind of prime the pump, if you will, because you can send a lot of people to your website in a short period of time and start building an email subscribe database and solicit questions. What kind of art would you like to see me draw in the future? And create things and put them out that's similar to what I do with answering people's emails. And you could be a real estate agent or an attorney. And these are all, I mean, the way you market on the internet really applies for everybody. It's, and if you're any kind of business or any kind of career that interacts with people, what's great about building a presence on the web 
is something that you can take with you and have the rest of your life. Maybe 20 years from now, you're working for people your whole life. You get all this experience working for other people, and over the course of time, you blog about it, you write about it, maybe you do ebooks, maybe you write books, and you slowly self-publish them. And the idea is when you're, I mean, you'll know, because you, you know, you'll have your amount of money that you're making here working for somebody else, and obviously what you're making for yourself is way down here. But as time goes by, you'll notice that your income starts to grow. And then eventually, as it gets close to where it's about even, where basically if you went full-time, with your part-time business on the side, eventually you'll be able to step away from your job or maybe go part-time in your who you're working for and spend more time in your business until eventually you're able to completely replace it. And the beauty of once you build an audience of people that consume your content or consume your real estate tips or your tips on being a lawyer or just loving the things that you paint or that you draw or that you build or if you're a landscaper showing people pictures or video of what you did to make the front of their house look awesome. Maybe you stage houses so they sell. I mean, just you can make videos of just about anything and put them up there. And people, you know, if you've got a local business, like say you're a lawn service person or a realtor in a local area, you can target advertising specifically in a city and even zip codes that are where your potential customers have to be. So those people that are on Facebook that are in your area potentially, you can send them to your art gallery or your landscape business, whatever it happens to be. Everybody should have something on the internet. It's something that you build on the side because again, it gives you the freedom down, especially if you do it, you don't have to put tons of time into it. But over the course of the years, I mean, this summer I'm gonna be will be six years now that I've been doing YouTube videos. And what's beautiful, it's like once you reach a certain market penetration, you just tend to kind of dominate and your subscriber list and your audience just continues to grow exponentially along with your sales. And you don't really have to work any harder than you used to. Like in my case, I'm doing fewer videos now than I used to, which obviously you've noticed. I mean, I've got a library of two th over 2,000 videos now at this point and you know over a thousand plus articles on my website so i have a tremendous amount of content out there and that enables me to spend more time working with clients one-on-one -on -one and working on other books and other products to help people so let's go through the second guy's email and see what he's done to completely transform and change his life for the better he says, Corey, I do not have a question. I just want to thank you. I don't know how you reverse engineered and figured out, figured out the fundamentals of life and relationships, but you surely did it. Lots of fucking trial and error, lots of studying, lots of learning, lots of reading. And also having lots of time to myself. Instead of sitting at home on the weekends watching TV or, and I started this like in the late 90s. I just was not watching sitcoms and things of that nature. They were just boring and unappealing. I was more jazzed about reading a book on self-help or a book on business or a book on entrepreneurship or marketing or a book on history or politics or women or whatever it happened to be or spiritual books, anything that would feed my mind with new information that could give me skills, could give me talents or an insight or a way of looking at the world that the average person just would not want to spend the time doing. Because we all have 24 hours in a day, but it's how you spend it. The average person, they work nine to five and they come home at the end of the night and they maybe catch five, 10 minutes of the evening news. They turn their favorite sitcoms and they kind of veg out and space out. People who are success-oriented and goal-oriented are going to come home at night and they're not going to do anything with the TV. They're going to probably open, crack a book or listen to an audiobook or go to a website and read about things that they're interested in or maybe go out in their, their garage and work on something that they're passionate about or maybe they're going to night school, getting a degree or they've gone back to school or they're finishing a degree at night. Make your time productive. Don't just sit there and waste it every night when you come home watching a bunch of bullshit sitcoms that are filling your head full of nonsensical ways that the world works. 
He says, I bought your book a few years ago and I've read it over 20 times and I've watched many of your videos and they have literally changed the way I look at life. Are you an alien? Well, we're all from somewhere else. How is it that you figured all this out at a young age? Well, I'm about to be 47 in a few weeks, so I ain't a spring chicken anymore, but I ain't fucking over the hill either. And with all the DNA nanobot technology coming online, I mean, who knows? 100 years from now or 200 years from now, I may still be doing videos. Who knows what's going to happen? It's exciting times to be alive. I mean, the way technology is advancing now, it's just fucking unbelievable, the disruption that we're going to see across the board. People that drive for Uber, truck drivers, train... I mean, most of this stuff is going to become 100% automated, even down to planes. Who knows? Commercial flight may be something that is a thing of the past and everybody has... You have this transit system that'll come pick you up like a taxi, land like a hovercraft in your front yard, you hop on it and wish you across the city to somewhere else where you want to be. It's like, who knows what people are going to dream up? He says, there is a rightness to it that cannot be denied. Well, everything that I teach is based on things that I've learned, spiritual truths that I've learned. And even if people are complete atheists and they don't believe in any divinity, it's, when you get really good at the things that I teach and you see these ma magical synchronicities that happen in your life, when you sit down and you write a love letter to a woman you haven't met yet and you write down all the qualities that you want in her, then all of a sudden randomly you're walking down the street one day with some friends or family and some girl grabs you and wants to tell you about her products that, that she's selling and then she starts asking you all these personal questions. Are you married? You're so beautiful. You're this, you're that. And, starts... and then you realize this girl's not really trying to sell me products. She's fucking hitting on me. And it's just because you're not out looking for women. You're out enjoying your life and you look happy. You're having fun. You don't look like you're lacking anything. And she sees that because it's so rare. And she grabs you and wants to talk to you to get your attention. You just simply ask for the number or you arrange a date on the spot. It just happens magically. And then as you get to know her, you find out, wow, she actually had a list and she let me look at it and she's got this, I'm exactly what she wrote down that she wanted. And when things like that happen to you enough in life, you can't sit there and go, yeah, we're just a bunch of fucking mindless meat sacks running around on a planet. And it's just all luck that we're here. Everything happens, happens for a reason. And the more you apply the things I teach, the more that you see that just life tends to magically line up with that. That's why this stuff works so well. It's based on universal truths. And it doesn't matter whether you believe in them or not. They're universal truths. By the way, I noticed that you don't age in your videos. You look exactly the same over the years. Fountain of Youth in Florida. Exercise, juicing, eating healthy having a fairly stress-free life with toxic people long since been banished from my life. I like to take care of myself. Unfortunately, like when I look at a lot of my high school buddies, they're overweight, they're not healthy, not very happy. It makes me sad, but at the end of the day, if they're not open to learn or to grow or improve, it's not a lot you can do. You still love them. It's nice when you get together with your high school buddies and they go, dude, you look the fucking same, man. You look great. What's your secret? I'm a 50-year-old, normal, healthy man and a successful physician in private practice in New York. I made a lot of money, but honestly, I was not happy. All I did was work, eat, sleep, get ready for the next day, and then work again. What you'll notice is the more you interact with really uber-wealthy people, a lot of them are fucking miserable. They get up every day and they have all this nice stuff, but they hate their lives. And a lot of times they're going, is this all there is? I've made millions of dollars, literally, but I felt like I was on a hamster wheel. I kept pushing myself in my business. I would get more successful, but would become more miserable. It made no sense to me. Millions of people over the years have had, I've had that experience. Now, I was in my late 20s, early 30s, and I, got to, I looked around at my life and all, like, all the goals that I had when I was a teenager. I'm like, I've achieved them all. What do you do when you're 30, 31 years old and you've achieved all your goals? You contemplate new ones. 
And it's like, what do you do? Like a lot of the guys that went to the moon, they were part of the moon program in the 1960s. It's like in the moon program, you got cancer. It's like, I mean, how do you fucking top going to the moon? I mean, you go to Mars. I mean, there, there was no space program. A lot of those guys, a lot of those astronauts, after they were out of the space program, they struggled with alcohol, addiction, and just, what do you do now? I mean, how do you fucking top that? That's the whole, it's great when you have time to contemplate on those things. What do I really want? And what I loved and my favorite quotes, and it's one of the ones I put on my Instagrams from Coach Jimmy Johnson, what he said in his documentary, A Football Life, which I highly recommend. That's a great video series. If you want to see a lot of great, successful people, athletes, coaches, executives from the NFL, these are people that have played and lived and succeeded at the highest level. There's so many great nuggets of wisdom in there. When I do watch TV, those are the kinds of things I will watch. I'll record that, and if it's somebody that I want to learn about. But one of the things that Jimmy Johnson said was, I, he's like, what do I need? Some gas for my boat, some bait, a few beers. I just want to enjoy my life. That's my legacy. That really had an impact on me. I was like, that's my focus in life. I want to enjoy my life. And everything I do is set up to help make my life more fun to enjoy. Like I just had family here this whole past week with me. And because I get to schedule my life the way I want, I got to spend time with them. Something that I couldn't have done 10, 15 years ago because I was so busy. But now I actually have the chance to do it because quite frankly, they're, they're older and they're not going to be around forever. And I don't want to get to the point where every, all my relatives are all gone and I really hardly ever got to know them. To know them. Then I read your book and I watched the videos and I realized it was my body telling me to change something and that it was okay to do so. So I did. Prior to that, I thought work was the sole focus in life and I honestly believe that. I fulfilled a childhood dream of becoming a private pilot and I bought my own plane. I brought on a young doctor and partner into my practice and now he eagerly handles most of the work while I go and focus on other things. And so you look at somebody like this young doctor. He's got the skills, he's got the eagerness, he's ready to get, that, get out there and kick ass, but what does he not have? He doesn't have clients. And so you look at the perfect marriage, this guy spent his whole life building his business, and now he can hire somebody so this doctor doesn't have to go out and figure out how to market himself, and he's now a partner with somebody who's already a really great, successful marketer, and that enables him to step away from his business. Just like in the early days, the web design, all that stuff, a lot of it, I did it myself. You know, when I, all the articles that I have, my assistant writes all those up. The Instagrams, my assistant does all those things. Scheduling the appointments for any of those of you that have done phone scheduling or phone coaching with me or going to in the future, those are all, that's all handled by my assistant. So that enables me in my business to focus on the things I really love and really enjoy, which is working with people one-on-one -on -one, and obviously making these videos and writing things and creating other type of self-help products that'll be useful for people. So he said, so he eagerly handles most of the work while I go and focus on other things and now I'm looking at starting a seaplane charter business for people who want to fly from New York City to the Hamptons in the summertime. Any reason to get in the air is a good one, but getting paid to do it is even better, though I don't need the money. Here's a guy, always wanted to be a pilot, something he's passionate about, taught, went, learned, and now he's doing it and the wheels are turning, his business mind is turning. Well, I got my, my physician's practice kind of on autopilot. Who knows, maybe 10, 15 years, this guy will have a booming airline and he just flies occasionally for fun and he'll have, who knows, a handful, a dozen pilots or whatever that fly him and his planes around. And that's, that's how things come to you. Like I remember when I was in, I was in real estate and I, my whole dream had been since I was a teenager was to buy, fix and sell single family homes for a profit. But it's like once I got into the industry and became good at that, I had to learn, it's like, well, how do I get my buyers financed? And how do I go about finding the buyers to sell my properties instead of relying on other people? How do I go about finding these other deals that are out there. And as I started to learn the industry, 
and we became good at selling the properties that we had, the fixer-upper properties, I looked at it and I started thinking, well, there's an opportunity. We already have the mortgage company. We already have the licensing. Why not, instead of just selling our foreclosure properties, why don't we just sell regular real estate and do mortgages on them since we already have the mortgage license that we were providing private mortgages for our, our investment loans, our hard, hard equity money that we were doing. It was just because I was in the business and I saw another opportunity that was kind of like a parallel side business, if you will. And I started that and that grew way beyond what our fixer upper business was. Cause there was only maybe 10, 15 properties a month available like in Orlando that we could flip and there was a decent enough profit margin in it to make it worthwhile for us to find it and then flip it to somebody else and would be worthwhile to them because there was a decent enough profit margin. But obviously when we started doing general real estate and mortgages, it was, that be, opened us up to potentially millions of potential clients. It increased that demographic. It was just another way to diversify the business. And these are the kinds of things as a business person, as an entrepreneur, that just evolve as you become better and you have more skills, you see opportunities out there where you can do other things, have other products or other services that complement your business. That's why you see a lot of people that go like go into the lawn service business and they end up doing landscaping and sprinkler repairs and things like that. It's just other ways and there's a lot, obviously a lot more money in doing landscaping and sprinkler repairs and things of that nature as opposed to just going out and cutting people's lawn. But that's just, that's just the natural evolution of focusing on something that you love. You just see other opportunities. Wow, there's, a, there's an underserviced need here that people could really use. And I've got the skills. I've already got the business. Here's another way to monetize it. He says, another thing is while I have never really had problems with women that many of your clients do, I just figured all women were psycho so I cut them out of my life for anything other than the Indoor Olympics, as you put it. But after reading your book, I use your methods to filter them and be more selective and damn if it didn't work, you are a genius. Well, it's like what Einstein said, I have no special gift or talent, I'm just passionately curious. That's all it really was, I, I was curious and I was willing to explore that curiosity and admit to myself that we were, there obviously were things I didn't know. There was a knowledge gap I didn't have. And when you study other successful pe people, especially people that have biographies where they live their whole lives, you look at somebody like Andrew Carnegie, he was one of the first, he was a, at, at his time, his generation, he was the richest man in the world. He was one of the first people to write an actual autobiography. And, and the reason why he never did, he was like, who's going to want to read about my life? But it became a, a raving, raging success. And even this day, over 100 years after the guy passed away, or almost 100 years since he passed away, it's a fantastic read because you can see how he started out, how he started out earning a nickel here, a dime there. And, and you can see following through his career, which is it's a great autobiography. It's only available in paperback. But you can see how, and he explains like as he started out in the telegraph business and then he migrated over into the railroad business and then he got in the railroad business and then he started getting into building bridges and structural steel. And because a lot of the people that were building bridges that day that were made out of metal, the weight of the metal was, was heavier than the bridge could hold. And you had a lot of bridges that were collapsing when trains would go over them. And so he saw an opportunity and they would only take on projects where they knew they could build the bridge the way they wanted it and with the kind of steel and engineering that they wanted. And because he did a really great job of it and his bridges didn't collapse, he got more business that he could handle. And it just, it snowballed eventually. He got into steel and it's just, it was just like I was talking about in real estate. That's why it's great to read biographies of those people because you can kind of see their whole life in a matter of 8, 10, 12 hours, you can read and you can learn and see how they did it instead of going out and reinventing the wheel. When you read those things, then you start kind of focusing your brain and your own life and looking for those same kinds of opportunities. He says, I've had several truly loving relationships. I'm seeing a woman now that I absolutely adore and who reciprocates. She's genuine and so am I. 
No work, no pressure, just the enjoyment of each other. Life simply could not get any better now. He knew what to look for because of what he learned from me, all the trial and error. And it's like literally, and I think the audiobook's like seven and a half hours, so literally you can absorb my lifetime of struggles and successes and victories and how I went from where I was to where I am now. And you don't have to go through the decades of figuring it out in the trial and error. Literally, in a matter of hours, weeks, and months, you can replicate the same kind of success that took me decades to make. And at the end of the day, when you think about our lives and how short they are, when you study other people that have succeeded, you gain their knowledge without having to go through all those things. And that makes you more efficient in your own life and you can build upon the success of other people. He says, you give meaning to the word coach. Thank you for all you do and how well you articulate it, coach. All the best, Bob. Obviously, Bob's not his real name. But I appreciate that. I'm honored. And it's like, I read things like that. It's like, it makes it all worthwhile. It makes it all worthwhile, all the bullshit that I put up with on social media and the negative comments and the negative things that people say. Because when you do things and you put it out there in the internet, you're going to have plenty of people that show up and tell you how great you are, but you're also going to have plenty of people that, that show up and tell you how bad you suck ass. And at the end of the day, the more successful you become, the more you get people that are your raging fans, but also the more you're going to get attention from people that want to tell you how badly you suck, which is really 99% of the time, they're just projecting what they feel inside about themselves onto you anyways as a way to disassociate from the fact that they suck and they haven't been able to do it. But when they label you with a label that in essence delegitimizes you in their own eyes, if you will, that makes them feel better about their shitty lives. So don't take shit from other people and don't take it personally because at the end of the day, no one will ever do or say anything to you that isn't a direct reflection of how they feel about themselves in a moment. And if you'd like to get my help personally, whether it's phone coaching or Skype audio coaching, go to my website, click the products tab, the top of your screen on any page, and book a session, and we will be talking to you soon.